Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Hello, hello, and welcome to Free Coaching Thursday. I am your host, your coach for biz witches and witchy businesses, Sarah M. Chapel, founder of the Holistic Business Academy. Here's how Free Coaching Thursday works. Every Thursday, I go live around 1 p.m. Eastern time on Instagram to answer your questions. And if you're listening to this over on the podcast, awesome. We have just started porting this over to the podcast. This Thursday is now in your past. I hope you find this coaching useful in whatever present you are in or whether you're catching this replay on Instagram. If you want to have your questions answered, you have to come on over here to Instagram on Wednesday or Thursday morning, Wednesday around 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern time. We post a little question box in my stories and you can ask me anything you want. I recommend business, but you can, you know, you can do as you please. You can ask me about my favorite coffee mugs, which are East Fork Pottery. This one is from my lawyer and friend, Catherine DeVos Divine. And is East Fork? (laughs) I'm not sponsored by East Fork, but I'm available for that. Um, Business, pit bulls, whatever you want, but you'll probably get the most out of this by getting some business support. And then I come here live on Friday to answer your questions. Friday, Thursday, it's Thursday to answer your questions. And now we are putting this over on the podcast feed so you can enjoy it there, of course, audio only, um, and come back to it and reference it in the future if you are a podcast listener. If you're not a podcast listener and you're here with me live on Instagram, you should check out my podcast. It's called So You Want to Be a Witch. We recently crossed over 400,000 downloads. Y'all, that's a lot of fucking downloads. So I encourage you to come join us there. So You Want to Be a Witch the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them, which presumably includes you if you're here with me on Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's wherever wherever you get your podcasts. So let's dive into some questions today. So our first question is figuring out how to market my new commission option for tarot advice. So due to the nature of this platform, I don't know exactly what that means, commission option for tarot advice. But I think we can talk a little bit more generally about marketing new offers. I also happen to know, person who submitted this, that you just joined the Holistic Business Academy. So welcome to our community over there at HBA. You are going to learn so much about how to market your offers in a way that is sustainable, supportive, and actually sells stuff. So you are in the right place for that. And I cannot wait for you to dive into our holistic business framework to learn how to do this a little bit more detailed than we can do here on Free Coaching Thursday. But baseline, how to market, right? That's really the question here is how to market the thing. The first of all is that, and of course I know in this flat format, you gave me the information you can, you say how to market my new commission option for tarot advice. So the most important thing when we're marketing is recognizing that no one cares what the thing is. (laughs) Your customers don't care that you have a new commission option for tarot advice. They don't care what the trappings of the service is. They don't care what the, the like, pieces of it are, which is why I actually don't need to know what it is. I don't need to know what you mean by that in order to help you here, because the common problems that I see with people are the same, regardless of what the offer itself is. So in HBA, we actually break down the idea of an offer into several different steps. Um, There are different components. And where most people get kind of hyper-focused is on what I call the thing itself, right? So that is commission option for tarot advice. That is tarot reading session. That is astrology natal chart. That is coaching session. That is coffee mug, right? It is the thing itself, the 
If you had to say, what do you make? What do you do? You'd probably say, I make pottery. I do tarot readings, right? That's the thing. And of course that does matter. There are gonna be people who are literally never interested in that kind of thing. But most marketing and sales content, especially from spiritual business owners and folks in their first couple years of business who haven't quite nailed this yet, and it is honestly an ongoing process. I'm constantly learning more here myself and revising our offers to be more clear. Most marketing and sales language is focused on the thing itself. Here is my cool new thing, buy it, right? Buy this cool rock, buy this cool notebook. I'm just looking at shit that I have on my, <laughs> have on my desk. Buy this cool whatever, right? Get a cool tarot reading with me because tarot is cool, okay? So we're really focused on the thing. The other ways this shows up tends to be things like, in my new commission option, you can choose between 15, 20, 30, 45 minute sessions with me, and they cost this, 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 and this. And it's very focused on like the, the um, ba basically like the description of the thing, okay? The big shift when it comes to marketing something new is talking about the result it provides, is talking about the transformation that it makes possible. And for those of you who've been around for a minute, I know I sound like a broken record with this, but the reality is, again, that this is a constant thing for us to be working on. I don't care how successful your business is, you can probably always get clearer on this point. What does your new commission option for tarot advice make possible for people? How is this commission option more robust, um, more transformative? What is the lens through which, it, like, how does it change tarot advice, right? And one way you can look at this basically is just by thinking of kind of playing the tape forward. Uh, I think you're, a witch, you're probably a witchy kind of folk, right? This is really almost a divinatory activity that we're doing when we look at the transformation results. And I think sometimes maybe that actually makes it easier for us to approach, especially if you are a tarot advice person. Um, if you're going to peer into the potential future of a customer who gets this, what is the end result for the ideal customer who comes and gets this? What does it make possible for them? How does it change their lives? What, what transformations can it make to their behaviors, to their possibilities, to, you know, what, what doors does it open for them? That's what people buy. They're buying possibility. They're buying transformation. They're buying results. They don't care as much about the vehicle that gets them there. Now, the vehicle matters, right? You're here doing tarot. Somebody who is super, you know, I don't know, who thinks tarot is the work of the devil and thinks that's a bad thing, um, isn't going to be your customer, right? So for them, the vehicle does matter, of course. But assuming we're speaking to people who are interested in this kind of work, the fact that it's a commission option for tarot, like whatever that means, and again, I don't know what that means, and it doesn't actually matter, which is what's so important here. What they care about is what that makes possible. What does this work with you change for them? How does it facilitate change? How does it activate their ability to change? We go deeper into this in HBA, so I'm really excited for you to get into those lessons. But I like to kind of sometimes bring this into really tangible, basic stuff that sometimes we forget about, because every offer has a transformation. Every offer has a result. If it doesn't, and I don't believe that it does, you probably just haven't figured out what it is yet or don't know how to articulate it, if it doesn't, it's not an offer, right? If it, do if it doesn't, it's just a thing that you're hoping people will give you money for. But sometimes we get kind of highfalutin and like a little bit uh, distracted, I think, by the transformation. So we can bring it to something really simple, right? I guess, gosh, I use East Fork a lot as examples because I usually have an East Fork mug with me. Okay, cool. So what is the transformation of a mug? If you're here live, put it in the chat. This isn't a trick question. 
there's a couple layers to this, but there's a there's a surface level transformation to a mug. What does a mug do? If you're listening to this on the podcast, I am over here sipping coffee out of my beautiful East Fork mug that my lawyer friend gave me for my engagement, which was very sweet. It gives you comfort. You're that's awesome, but you're also going way too like that that's like way too far down the road. It holds liquid, right? <laughs> It's really not a trick question. Like the first level is like the transformation, like no mug, you're drinking out of your hands and no one wants to drink coffee out of their hands. That's painful, right? Mug, you are now drinking coffee. Great. It's a vessel. Exactly. It holds liquid. And that is like literally is step one. Okay. What is the transformation? I use iced coffee a lot of as an example, like buying iced coffee at a coffee shop or buying iced coffee concentrate. What does that do? Two things, gives me coffee, and now we're getting to the second tier, which you were getting at with comfort there. It gives me back time. Iced coffee to make takes time. It takes, what, six to eight hours to steep iced coffee to do it properly, okay? So if I'm buying iced coffee concentrate or I am going to the coffee shop to buy iced coffee, I'm getting my caffeine, I'm getting my iced coffee. I didn't have coffee, now I do. That deeper transformation is time, right? So we'll come back. We have a mug, right? Well, I have an artisanal mug here. This is a really fancy mug. Um, it is a status mug in some circles, which seems kind of a weird thing, but it's a status mug. It's also local to where I live. Um, so this mug, it gives me coffee. It's a vessel. It holds liquid. Um, it also, yes, totally provides comfort, right? The feeling of it in my hands. Oh, I love pottery. I love the way it feels. It also affirms my values. This is a company that is local, that hires locally, that pays people proper wages, that is, you know, part of a, a community and gives back to the community. Um, they share my values uh, politically. So I also get to affirm my values here. There are a lot of different levels of transformation and it looks beautiful. I get to bring beauty into my life. I'm like, ah, oh, I pick this up and I'm like, beautiful mug. Like it makes me happy. It brings joy. So. That's just an example. And sometimes, you know, breaking it down with something really kind of like it's a mug, right? Or it's iced coffee. Um, frozen dinners are another great example, right? We can kind of like peel back the layers and look at, okay, we have some surface level transformation. And then we have these deeper things that, that it brings to us. That can sometimes be an easier place to start to wrap our head around this idea of transformation uh, versus like, tarot advice, right? Or a commission option for tarot advice, where when we're doing things like coaching, readings, healing sessions, um, facilitating work like that, it can be more challenging sometimes to really be like, what is the potential transformation here? So it can be helpful. And I, I recommend this. This is like a fun little thought exercise. If you get bored, just look at shit around your house and be like, what transformation does this provide for me? <laughs> what result does this provide? Start thinking about it because it's going to make it easier to do it in your own business. So that's the number one thing when it comes to figuring out how to market this new offer is what is the result that it makes possible? And specifically, if you have a new commission option, so what I'm kind of envisioning, I'm kind of making assumptions here, of course, um, is that this is like an add-on, right? Or is like an additional piece to the, um, the tarot advice option that you already have on some level. That transformation piece is important to separate those two offers apart. Why are these different? Why should somebody presumably pay more for this other option? What is that transformation? How is it different? And this is a place where I'm not saying you specifically, I'm just, I'm, I'm off in riffing land now. This is a place where sometimes as very small business owners, we get a little distracted because we start to add things on because we think they're cool. Like, oh, here's this cool thing I could do. 
And cool things are cool, but not everything needs to be monetized. Not everything that's cool needs to happen in your business. If we can't tie it back to a way where it improves um, ads or yeah, expands transformation result possibility for the customer, then it may not be an offer that people need. And sometimes that's what we'll run into when things don't sell is that we've created something people actually don't need. Usually the bigger issue is that we're not communicating that transformation effectively. So that's that first piece. The second piece I'm going to say here, and this is more of a philosophical thing for me, and now that you're an HBA, you're going to kind of see this separation for yourself, is that marketing and sales are two different activities. And when we're talking about a specific offer, I want to start to tease those things apart because what I would love for you just to start saying to yourself is, how do I sell my new commission option for tarot advice? Marketing is essentially the practice of building relationship, of having conversations um, with potential customers, finding new potential customers, bringing them into your your realm, um, introducing them to your work. Marketing is not the same as selling. You could essentially market forever and never sell a damn thing. That's not what you're here for. You're here to run a business and make some money (laughs) um, and do more of your work and be paid for it. So we want to make sure that we're, we're looking at these things separately, right? Now, what you're selling does influence your marketing, the kinds of things you talk about, the people that you're trying to reach, the way that you, um, that you communicate should be influenced by your offers, right? You don't want to be, as I mentioned before, communicating if you are a tarot advice giver to uh, people who, again, think that tarot in a bad way uh, is, is of the devil. Um, those people are not going to be interested in your offer. So you don't want to be communicating with them about it, right? So, so it, it matters. These things influence each other. But just when we do have a new offer, I know it's a kind of a semantic thing here on the surface, but you want to sell it, right? So how do we sell your offer? And how you sell it is by speaking clearly to the transformation. But again, you're in HBA now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to HBA. So inside, um, I mean, go in order, do the thing. Don't rush and worry about it. But when you get to the valid, well, the create and validate phases, you're going to get a lot more clarity on how to communicate and how to think about this. But that first step, I think, is training your brain to see possibility through the lens of what you're selling, um, whether that is a mug, whether that is tarot advice, whether that is a course, a program, whatever it is that you do. If you can't speak to that transformation, people are not going to buy it. Um, and I have a little caveat here. Here's my little pro tip. Some of you have gotten away, and I say this was true for myself as well, gotten away with not speaking to the transformation because when your business is newer, the people who are around you are likely more invested in you. They feel uh, a more intimate connection to you that they won't feel as your business grows, which is probably a good thing. That's a good boundary thing. Um, But it does mean that we tend to see lower conversion rates as a business grows. And that the first people who buy your thing are likely to be really big fans of you, people who know you even, which is awesome. People get so upset about that. I'm like, how cool is it that people that know you want to support your work? Um, That's awesome. A sale is a sale, my friend. But also those people will often be people who think that that thing itself is cool, right? So you might find that your first launch of your product or your first um, launch of your tarot readings or something like that, where you're like, I'm offering tarot readings now. Aren't they cool? People will buy them because they like you and because they think your tarot, they think tarot is cool. The thing itself will actually, if that's where you focus, pull in your initial customers um, because they're the people who already know that that thing can help them. But when we go for a second launch or a second, you know, cart open or a second shop update, we tend to see sales tank if we're not speaking clearly to the transformation because that first round kind of scooped up the people who were like, oh no, I know this thing can help me. Your job is to speak so clearly to that transformation and show them how the thing helps them 
that people who aren't already into the thing will buy it. Okay. I know it's a little bit silly and I are like kind of a little convoluted. It is explained better inside of HBA. That's why I write things down and <laughs> record videos. Uh, but it is, it's a shift that's really important and is going to make a difference in terms of your longer term success. So for example, if somebody has never had a tarot reading before, they may think like, oh, that's interesting. But unless they're like already really interested in tarot, they're not going to buy a reading just because it's a reading, right? They will buy a reading when you can show them how tarot is linked to the outcome that they desire. You have to, that's your job as a, as a marketer and a salesperson is to show potential customers the link between the thing and the result that they want. So I hope that's helpful. I kind of blobbed a lot at you, um, but those are the big shifts to make in order to, yeah, to sustainably sell your new offers or your existing offers. <laughs> um, you can always come back and think of our, our mug, right? <laughs> what is the transformation? That's what matters. Yep, exactly, Marsha. Link it to the outcome they desire. The thing itself has to be linked to the outcome or else the people who will buy it are just people who think the thing is cool, right? All right. Let's go into our other question we have today. Pros and cons of affiliate programs as membership growth strategy. Awesome question. So uh, let's start by defining an affiliate program. An affiliate program is when Somebody gets paid for sending people your way. Um, you can think of it as a referral. You might be more familiar with that language. Um, also, we see it called like a partner program, a partner campaign, something like that. But essentially, someone is, you have a third party who is being paid when they send customers to you. So affiliate programs can be really powerful for growth strategies. Let's talk about the pros first. The pros. You don't pay somebody until they help you get a sale. That is kind of key to affiliate and referral networks is that the, the money exchanges hands, you pay somebody when a sale actually happens, which is great. That means that you're not actually putting out cash up front. That's in contrast to something like advertising, traditional or online on advertising, where you're paying money up front in the hopes that you will get sales on the back end. So affiliate programs can be very powerful, especially if your business is new, um, if you don't have a lot of cash. and because you don't have to pay until you've already gotten a sale. So awesome, really great strategy from that perspective. Affiliate programs are also really powerful because they help you to leverage other people's audiences. Um, we talk about this a little bit more in the validate phase of the new HBA framework. So if you haven't watched that, go look at that because there's a whole lesson on help, I have no one to sell to or something. I can't remember what I called it. And we talk a little bit about leveraging other networks and how powerful it is to collaborate and this is a really great way to do it. So if you're in, if your audience, your network, your um, the people you have access to it is a smaller number at this juncture, maybe you're newer or you're switching platforms or you're doing something new and you don't have an audience, an email list, an in-person network, things like that. Affiliate programs let you use somebody else's network, right? That's essentially what somebody's getting paid for. They're getting paid for letting you access the people that they have connections to. So this can be a really fantastic way to essentially boost your reach in a shorter period of time. It can really collapse time in that way. You don't need to wait years to have however many followers or whatever. And you guys know, I don't actually think that having a lot of followers is necessary for a successful business. There are people who have lots and lots of followers or big audiences or big mailing lists who make no money. People who have very, very small audiences, followings, mailing lists, networks who do very well. So just keep that in mind. There are a lot of different ways to run a business, but you're here. 
you probably have an online or partially online business. In fact, you person who submitted this, I know you do. So that's a real advantage, right? You pay on the back end, so you're not paying with money you don't have, and you're getting in front of other people's audiences. There's a third piece too, which I think is really nice, which maybe is like overlooked, which is that affiliate programs can be a really sweet way to give back to the people who are already supporting you. You know, maybe these are people who you know send you referrals a lot, or people who mention your work, or people who are are fans, but maybe aren't going to be able to or are not the right fit to like buy more from you or something, it can be just a nice way to like say thank you, right? Like to have an affiliate program. So depending on like who you work with, that can be really sweet. The cons of an aff- uh, affiliate programs are a couple. Um, one is that there's a possibility that you, you will probably spend more money on affiliate programs than you will on really good advertising. So you're paying on the back end, you're paying after a sale has been made, it's a huge boon, but chances are you're going to be spending more money to get that sale. So let's break that down. The affiliate programs are usually based on a percentage. Um, this can be different than a referral program. A lot of people will just have like a flat rate. Like if you refer me a new customer, you get a hundred bucks or something, right? And when you're doing things like coaching, like coaching or one-on-one sessions, having a flat rate probably makes sense. For um, affiliate programs for a membership, what we're usually looking at is a percentage of ongoing sales. That's extremely common. So if it's a membership and somebody's paying month after month after month, that person, the affiliate, is getting a percentage of that every single month. Now, that's awesome because it's going to make the affiliate want to do it more, right? They get a monthly paycheck from your program. Great, right? But what that means is that you're not paying once to acquire that customer. You're paying every single month for having acquired that customer as long as they are around. Now, you can do different things. You can pay up front. Other strategies would be to send the entire first month's um, payment to an affiliate. That can work. Um, I think where it becomes a problem, and this is a little bit more of the con, is that you have to figure out how to make this worth it for the affiliate. So a one-time payment, I don't know how much your membership is, but let's say like a one-time payment of $40 is probably not as appealing as a monthly payment of $20, right? The chance that they're going to make more money over time is likely. So there's a few a few ways to think about it. That can be a potential con, it can cost more. But if you don't have cash or you're doing it in addition to other strategies, then it's kind of a cost of doing business. The con here with the money continues because um, the industry standards for the percentages that people get paid for affiliate work are pretty high. For things that are like kind of purely scalable offers, so courses, uh, maybe courses that probably don't have a lot of group calls or something like that, something where the, the human labor components on the lower side you're usually seeing a 50% affiliate fee, right? So uh, if you promote a course for someone or maybe a membership that's essentially completely scalable, so something where people are getting access to like a content library or something like that on a monthly basis, you might see a 50% affiliate fee. That's high. Um, It's high and it really is going to depend on what you can afford to do. Um, I see for softwares and then increasingly for kind of memberships and programs where where the actual like human labor of it is higher is more like 30%. And um, that's what we do. We have a third, we do 30% in our affiliate program. Um, So that's because it costs a lot of money for us to run our program, like in terms of, I mean, software and stuff, but mostly in terms of payroll, because we offer a high touch membership at a low cost, my my margins on that are actually pretty low for a a digital program. So paying 50%, I would now not be able to pay anybody. So 
you have to look at the math of it. But I'd say between 30 and 50 is what you're expecting to spend. Now, that's in contrast to something like advertising, where you might upfront expect to pay for like pay one month to acquire a customer. That'd be that's my ideal. I like to break even in month one if I'm running ads. So I don't want to spend more to acquire a customer than one monthly payment in my membership. But that means that I pay once and I have that customer, right? So in the affiliate program, after you know, three months, I've now spent more on an affiliate than I would have if I just acquired the ad. So it, it costs more. That's a con. I think the other potential con for an affiliate program, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is that you have to, con- I mean, not convince people, not like, like in a force them way, but you have to have the conversation and help people see the benefit to them. Often affiliate programs, people might've been burned in the past. A lot of times people like companies or or other people will set up affiliate programs and then not support people fully in them. And they feel like they have to do a lot of work to try to get this amount of money, which may not be a large amount. So finding those places where you can kind of really support people and help them see how this could benefit them is important. I find that people are busy. So finding good affiliates for your program can be challenging. You can do a very passive way where you just like kind of let anybody be an affiliate and give them a link and hope people buy shit. Um, and that works sometimes. And like we do that with software stuff, right? The softwares that I recommend, we just have a passive link um, that we use when I'm like, hey, you guys should get ConvertKit. They solved that fucking problem where people couldn't go through an automation more than once. So now I'm happy to support them again. And probably if I didn't need advanced automations, I would be back on ConvertKit at this point because they solved that, right? So if you buy through ConvertKit that's like, and you use my link, I get a fee every month that you're a member, but it's pretty um, passive. How is an affiliate different than a membership? An affiliate is somebody you're paying to give you customers, right? So an affiliate program is, um, you, I think you just hopped on Cali, so you probably missed my description of that. But essentially, an affiliate is a referral program. So let's say that you're an affiliate for me. You get a link that tracks um, your customers. If you share it with your customers, somebody clicks that link and buys, I pay you a percentage of how much I make. So that, that's what an affiliate program is. Referral program, partner program, or other ways that they play it. So if my membership is $67 a month and we have a 30% um, affiliate uh, fee, for every person you send to me for the custom, that, that pays, you get $20 every month. So that's how it's different. Like the membership is the actual like content and program. The affiliate is a strategy for getting people to bring customers to you and get them paid for that. So those are the pro cons. I think the other con, it's not a con con so much, but it's just like, I'm trying to, it's funny, we're actually reworking our affiliate program right now. Um, it's honestly just kind of a huge amount of work. <laughs> and I, this is, you know, I don't mean that like in a bad way. And once it's set up, things can can flow, but there's a lot of upfront work. You have to um, figure out how you're going to track people. Um, how are you going to attribute those sales to people, right? Oh, you're welcome, Callie. Got it. Glad that was clear. Um, how are we going to attribute those sales? We use a software that we pay for, right? So I have to pay for that software that um, does cookie tracking. So that makes it easier for us, but we have to pay for it. We have to set people up. We have to get people in the system. Uh, and then we have to provide people with all the marketing materials, everything they might need to promote it. We try to make it really easy for people. So we're right now building out like kind of marketing language they can use as a starting point, like swipe files, essentially for you know, Instagram posts or for emails they want to send people or ways to talk about the program. And then on the back end, I have to pay them every month. Um, so I have to basically run an additional payroll for our affiliates every month. It's not hard. It's just these are like things to keep in mind 
that when you bring in something like this, but that's the same with ads or anything else, it just adds some admin to it. So I'd say that's the other con. But overall, I really like affiliate programs for memberships. I think that they are really potent, especially to get in front of new audiences, especially if you don't have cash for ads. Again, that major downside to it is that it will probably cost you more money than running effective ads. But considering the learning curve for ads, the fact that you might need to pay somebody else to do them if that's not something that you're you're good at, it's probably worth it, especially in the first kind of like phases um, of your business. And it's something that we're, again, I, just, I said, we're just in the process of redoing ours right now and going to be doing more of that as a supplement to the other ways that we're doing things. So I think I'd be a little bit concerned about doing an affiliate as like the only way that I'm getting customers because of those margin issues. But as some, as part of your own organic strategies, your own launches, and maybe ad strategies as well, I think it can be a really good fit. And I'll be honest, I have not listened to it, but I will send you their way because I think that they're generally very smart people. My um, bookkeepers, my bookkeeping firm, which is called Evolved Finance, and in the podcast, we'll link this up in the show notes. They have a podcast which might be called Evolved Finance. That would be smart. I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) We'll find it and link it up for you, but you guys can Google them, Evolved Finance Podcast, and find them. They did an episode, it was probably a year ago, but so you can take a look for it, about affiliate strategies. And um, as a bookkeeping firm, they work specifically with people with online businesses. They work with a lot of of people that you know, not just me, um, a lot of people you've heard of, uh, they work with especially people who have higher end memberships, who have very successful memberships. And they have an episode about affiliates and they talk a little bit about this, um, I believe, about kind of some of the traps financially of an affiliate focused model. So I think that's important to look at because it's a long-term relationship. Theoretically, if somebody joins your membership through an affiliate link and they stay for two years, you're paying that person, that affiliate, every month for two years. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, when I run ads, I'm profitable on month two here in the affiliate over time. I'm actually, it's not that I'm losing money. It's just my cut, like, or the business's cut is a lot less because of that affiliate fee. So I think that's a big thing to think about, but overall it's probably worth it. I hope that that was helpful on that front. Uh, if you're here live, do you have any questions? We totally have a minute for one more question. Otherwise we'll wrap up today and be back next week. I will start to give my end spiel, but if you're here live, again, you can uh, drop something in the chat and I'll be happy to support you with that. So quick recap, especially for those of you who are listening over on the podcast. Yay, so excited we finally have this on the podcast. Free Coaching Thursday happens every Thursday on Instagram at 1 p.m. Eastern time, um, unless I'm off that day. So every once in a while we don't do it, but usually we do. <laughs> and the way that it works is that on Wednesday in my Instagram stories at Sarah M. Chapel, we'll link that up in the podcast show notes. We put a question box up and you can drop your questions there. Anything you want help with. But again, business probably going to be the best use for you. And then on Thursdays, come on over, catch us live if you can. Otherwise, we'll put it on the podcast and of course, post the Instagram live over to my Instagram feed and you can see everything we have. We have like several months worth of backlog over here on Instagram. So you can go to my IGTV feed and look at all the subjects that we've covered in the past. And then moving forward, they will be here on the podcast as well. So I don't see any more questions right now, so I am going to go ahead and wrap up. Thank you so much for your questions. If you're here live, thank you for joining us live. If you're catching the replay or listening on the podcast, thank you so much. Um, If you enjoyed this, first of all, and you're on the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would mean the fucking world to me. We just hit those 400,000 downloads, and I would be so excited to get in front of more people with the show. Also, if you think this is useful or you've benefited from it, 
please share Free Coaching Thursday with your friends. This is a free resource for a reason. <laughs> it's really important to me that this information is not, you know, kept like behind like closed doors. And of course, due to the nature of this, there's only so much depth we can go into, but I want you guys to get your question answered. So share this with your friends, people who are starting businesses, make use of it yourself. This is a resource for you. So please, please use it. Um, it gives me great, great purpose and great joy to come here and hear the sound of my own voice and hopefully help you. Uh, if you're interested in going deeper, I mentioned throughout this show uh, that we have a lot of these topics covered in greater depth inside the Holistic Business Academy. So if you want to learn more about that, the place to go is holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash consistent. We have a free hour long training where you will learn more about my approach to business. Um, see if you think that I can be someone who would be helpful on your journey. And at the end, you'll get the opportunity to learn more about HBA and see if it might be the right fit for you. So if you like my style, you think this is helpful, you don't mind cursing, uh, you like talking about, you know, yeah, the devil and affiliate strategies in one fell swoop, check out HBA. This might be a place for you. Marsha says, so grateful for you, Sarah. Thank you. I will definitely share. Thank you, Marsha. That means so much to me. I appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening on the podcast as well. I'm excited to see how this works, doing it in both places, spreading the love, and my favorite thing of all time, repurposing content. <laughs> all right, y'all. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will see you here next week. Bye for now.